Hey, it's me, Sam. This is my podcast. Thanks for listening. Today, uh, I'm here with a friend of mine from college for episode, oh man, 14, maybe? You know how I... (laughs) You know how I, I I think about which episode it is? Because I think back to which number did I struggle with, with uh, spelling last. 12th messed me up bad with it having an F in it. I kept looking at it, and then I kept spell checking it because I really thought that it was wrong. But I'm pretty sure this is 14 because I don't think I've done that one yet. It might, it might not be. I don't know. But... Um, Angela and I, if you, uh, I've mentioned, I think one other time that I went to school my first two years of college at a, uh, private university, Christian university. And then I went to, I transferred and went to, uh, Moorhead State University in Eastern Kentucky and Moorhead, Kentucky. And Angela and I, um, went to school. So I was there for two full years and then, um, I graduated in December. So I was there for like a half of, a uh, two and a half years. But, um, Angela and I were there in school together. So here's what, here's what, here's where I met Angela. When we met at the Baptist Student Union, it's a a public campus, but they had a pretty active uh, Baptist Student Union. We met there and, um, here's what, I'm going to, I'm going to give her a chance to introduce herself, obviously. But I told her, I said, I'm going to just talk about like what I remember, like what stands out to me the most. The cool thing with Angela, I think, you know, I mentioned, um, before I started recording these guest interviews is that, you know, I graduated in 2004. I think she said she graduated just like one semester after me in the spring of 2005. And so we haven't talked other than just like, you know, maybe a few interactions over Facebook. We haven't talked at all since that time. So what is that? Do the math. I don't know, 13, 14 years. And uh, she commented that, you know, she wanted um, to be interviewed. And I was so excited because I've said this already like four times. But I think it's just, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect to be able to reconnect. Like I should have just tricked people and told them I was doing a podcast. And then I would have been able to keep up with people better. (laughs) But but yeah, it's really cool to be able to catch up with her. She's exactly like I remember her, kind of, kind of. There's been some some neat, like, discoveries about her personality for me and, like, some just really cool to see her in, like, this different phase of her life. And um, so she's the person, when I introduced some of the um, people that I was going to be interviewing, that I talked about how when she first messaged me, she was, um, she was like, uh, I work on this day at this time, so I go to bed at this time on these nights and... And I, I do this on these days and this, and I was like, that is awesome. She's very, she's like legit adult, not like me, like rolling into bed at one thirty AM because I'm a, basically a 13 year old still. She's legit adult. She like takes care of her body and sleeps and does what she's supposed to do with her life. And, uh, that's why I kind of, why we're recording in the afternoon because she was just like up front the other night, we tried to do kind of a sound check and, and catch up for a minute. And she was like, I, I can't, like I'm falling asleep. It's not, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to be working out. So we're here in the afternoon because she's an adult. And so at 10 o'clock at night, she's doing what I should probably do in, which is going to bed. But, um, so from college, here's what I remember. It was almost like Angela was the, I don't, like, I don't want to say, I don't know how to say it, like, Angela, do this. 
Angela, say this. Angela, like, I just remember that. Like, I knew you and I knew your personality, but I also knew that it was always like, Angela, say peace in and peace out. <laughs> Angela, say feller, say... And so you're going to hear this. I mean, she obviously has an accent. And that was, there was all this like focus on her accent and like the things that she would say and her, you know, personality. But what it, what it comes down to, and you're, she's going to introduce herself as that... What I've come to find talking to her these past few days is that she is super passionate about um, animal rights and about just being very, like, committed to her work. And also, you know, one thing that I thought was so amazing with her is that I had kind of suggested, I did the same thing that I did with her, with her that I did with my previous guests, as I said, you know, Whatever you want to talk about is great, but here's a couple of things that I see in your life that I think might be relevant or that might be interesting to talk about. And at first she was kind of like, yeah, okay, we'll see. And, but then I really loved it that even though she kind of has this unassuming personality, oh gosh, there goes my, there goes my postman. Hold on a second. I was working all day. And so I parked in this, I came into this park and me and this postman were sharing the shade from one tree. So he just took off. It's kind of loud with him driving away. So I had to pause it for a second. But anyway, she has this kind of assuming, unassuming personality. You might, um, you might even interact with her. And, and I think I want, I want to, I want to hear what she thinks. Like if she feels like people try to um, walk all over or like to maybe take advantage of her or don't take her seriously. But I loved it that at one point, she just spoke up and she said, you know what, I, I actually want to talk about this. And the topic that she suggested was, was so great, so perfect. And just, I was just really, uh, I was just really thankful that, that she felt like she could do that. I want, I want the guests that I talked to, to be able to do that. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to turn it over to her. I want her to just introduce herself. I mean, tell me like, we talked some, but I mean like, what have you been doing? What, what's going on? What have you been doing? Let's hear from you. Hi everyone. Uh, my last name is Bresnak. It's a, a challenge for most to say and write. Sometimes I'll leave out the first E. <laughs> Truth be known. Um, let's see. I grew up in Eastern Kentucky and I went to Moorhead, um, gosh, you know, 2001 to 2005. Um, I moved back home. Um, it's not County. Then I met my love online on MySpace. Remember that, kids, when that was cool? Um, and then I moved to Lexington. Uh, and no, wait, when did I move? I moved in 2007. I moved down here in 2009 to Lex. And then we got married in 2000-something, 11. I don't know. I can't remember. 2011, we got married. Uh, let's see. I have a, at Morehead, I got my bachelor's degree in health promotion. Um, people don't know what that is. It's like community education. Okay. Um, and uh, in 2015, I graduated with a master's in social work. Let me tell you, getting that <laughs> license was a heck of a, heck of a heck. Oh, it no. heck. It's terrible. I took it three times. Mm-hmm. But getting my degree was a challenge. But man, getting that license, woo. Yeah. So, um. I made it. Here I am. So I work at the um, Clark County Health Department. So I hope I don't say anything too bad. Uh, 
I represent them. Um, let's see, I have been there for almost eight years. Um, I have a dog named Sadie, so I think she's a human, and she would be insulted if you told her otherwise. Uh, <laughs> um, let's well, see, that's, that's me. What, what is Okay, uh, all right. Let's just get into this. Let's just get real. First of all, listen, I'm like, if I sit next to somebody with an accent for more than 2.5 minutes, it's, it's going to start being thick. So I'm, you might not even be able to tell who's talking because Angela's accent and then I'm talking to her and now my accent's going to start coming on hard. So I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be, I don't want to, I'm not trying to be like Angela. She's cooler than ever. I can never talk like her, but it's, it's just natural. Like I'm going to be talking to her and it's going to be heavy. So sorry, but, um, okay, let's just, let's just get to it. So you're in Eastern Kentucky you're not county and and you meet your now husband on myspace how did that go over can you elaborate no i mean i guess i guess like how i mean and we're going to get into this as far as your family and your parents and and kind of your the way you're like the way you grew up and stuff but i mean how did your like your immediate circle, your family, your friends there. I mean, how did they react to you? Because, I mean, that's been, even now, it's a little bit taboo to meet someone online and to marry them. But, I mean, back then, 15, you know, or, you know, 10, 15 years ago, what, did you all tell people that you met online? Like, how did your immediate circle of people re- react to that? Well, um... I, the only person, I, I told a few people at work, and then I told my sister, Veronica, I did not tell my mom until, like, the day before that he was coming to pick me up. Like, he was coming from Lexington to Knott County, which is two and a half hours, mm. to come meet me, take me to dinner, and then he drove back home that night. So, I told my mom, like, the day before, no, hey, no, I told her the day of, right before, because I couldn't avoid it, yeah. because... Listen to this. So he's coming to my apartment right, to pick me up. He's on his way. My mom calls me. She lives like right up the road at the time. My mom calls me and says, Angela, we're going to come down there, like her and my two sisters. We're going to come down there and take a shower because our water pipe burst or something. And I was like, no, mom, you cannot come to my apartment. And she was offended and said, well, you don't want us to come. And I said, Here's the thing, Mom. I have this guy come to pick me up in like 30 minutes. And that's why I would come on down. So right before he gets there, she said, where'd you meet? Oh, I don't know. You know, time frames are fuzzy for me. <laughs> but before he got there, she said, where'd you meet him? I said, online, Mom. And I said, she said, why wouldn't you tell me? And I said, because you would tell me not to and that he would chop me up and throw me in the river. And she said, well, she didn't deny that. So... So here's the deal. The people that were at my apartment with this guy from I've Never Met oh my goodness. comes and picks me up are my, three si- are my four siblings. My brother and I lived together at the time. <laughs> oh, got my brother, which he didn't care. He was in his room. Um, so my brother, my mom, and my three sisters. Now, Veronica intentionally came because she was going, like, I guess jack him up if he looked down the line because she's tough. <laughs> like, she would have taken him down. 
But she and t- she invited herself over, so she was there. And then my, my mom and my two sisters, it was a terrible time. And, like, he was parking to come get me, and I ran out the door. <laughs> and normally I wouldn't do that because it's chivalrous for him to come to the door. Right. I said, normally, he would, you know, I would appreciate that. But this time I didn't appreciate it because I had a bunch of people in my apartment. <laughs> So he's coming up the stairs and I'm running down. I'm like, this is my mom, blah, 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 let's go. <laughs> so I guess. Well, that was fun time. Yeah, I mean, I thought of that. How did you, I mean, how long did y'all talk before you did agree for him to pick you up? I mean, I obviously you felt confident that he wasn't going to chop you up and throw you in the river. I mean, what what made you know that he wasn't going <laughs> to, wasn't going to be some kind of crazy? And I am the most, probably the most cautious person on the Yeah, I'm planet. just shocked at this. Like, yeah. listen, I'm, I'm fine. This is all, this is all, like, shocking and fresh information. I'm finding all this out at the same time y'all are. So, it's pretty exciting for me, too. Go ahead. Well, I'm the person that's walking. If I'm at the Walmart parking lot at 2 p.m., I'm looking over my shoulder to see if somebody's trying to attack me. That's how <laughs> cautious I am, truly. Oh, I have my paper spray in my hand just in case somebody gets a little frisky during the day and, or, you know, they feel like they're going to get me. <laughs> so, I'm that person. So, it was quite a shock to everybody, including myself. And I said, well, I met this guy. And people are like, where'd you meet him? Online. And I'm like, oh, you? Oh, my gosh, what's wrong? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I felt really confident with him, and that's usually not my style. Mm-hmm. And MySpace is not a dating site per se, but people made it that way, and so is Facebook. Yeah. You know, people figured out right. uh, Instagram can be a dating site, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> if you want it to be. Yeah. So I was minding my own business one day, and uh, Mike pops up. We guys pop up all the time because, you know, they're looking for Bell Chica Chica, I guess. I don't know <laughs> what they do. Or they think you're cute. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, my, all these crazy, creepy people popped up all the time trying to add me. And, of course, I didn't do it. Yeah. But then I call him handsome. So handsome, <laughs> I don't think he liked it, but I could call him far worse. That's what I tell him. That's my rationale. <laughs> so things I couldn't say in public, I could call him that, but I choose to call him handsome. And, I mean, we, he gets his speech every time. If he says, oh, my gosh, why'd you call me that? I don't know. Anyway, that's another story for another day, I guess. Where was I? Uh, oh, he sent you. Oh, yeah, yeah. He pops up on your on your request. I never had MySpace, so I don't really even know. I the first thing I had was Facebook. Well, well what do we do? What do we do before Fa- Zanga or Zinger or something? I don't know. Zinga. Yeah, I had that. Yeah, I had that, and then and then I went straight to Facebook once I got the Moorhead. I don't even think I had anything when I was at the other university. And then I, for some reason I never I never went to MySpace. I don't even I don't even really know how it works. Well, MySpace is I thought it was better than Facebook because you could add like music to it and add your background. It was like your own profile, like your personalized profile. I, mean, I don't know where that went, how that went went away. Um, but he popped up on Face on MySpace, and I was like, oh, there's another one of those people. But he was very nice, and he looked normal. Okay. And he, well, you can, on Facebook, or MySpace, you can write a big, big blurb about who you are. Mm. So he, like, wrote his whole story. You know, like, Facebook gives you, like, two lines, right. like your bio. Or on MySpace, you can write a whole page about who you are and what you're doing in life. Well, and you can post pictures, and they all just show up right there. 
Well, he had a picture of his house, and uh, and I was like, well, that looks relevant. Like, that looks normal. Mm-hmm. Then, here's what got me. Here's what sucked me in. Oh, boy. He wrote, I have a seven-year-old dog named Macy, and I said, what guy would write in his bio that he has a dog? So, that meant a lot to me, and I said, he must be a sensitive man. <laughs> And a caring person to, to care to, to include his dog. Yeah. I said, well, that got me. Well, that got me. So we talked. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked for about um, a month and a half. Uh, like we talked like via phone and via messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but he seemed normal enough. Uh, I use that term lightly because none of us are normal. (laughs) None of us. We're all weirdos. Uh, in our own right. (laughs) That's what I said. We're all weirdos. It's just how weird are you and what variation are you? (laughs) What variation Uh, of weirdo? (laughs) What variation of weird are you? There's, there's something. (laughs) So, I felt very confident. And I was like, it must be meant to be, at least for the first day, if I don't feel like this guy's going to talk me up and throw me in the river, which I'm very cautious, you know. Yeah. So my sister was even a little, a little, uh, she's not, she's, things don't scare her. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she just jumps at life and just goes, and I don't, per se. You know, not always. I, I weigh my options, but she was a little nervous about it. She's the one that came over first, and then the rest of the game came along. Uh, <laughs> so it went just dandy. I mean, it must have because here we are. Yeah. So I didn't realize, I guess, when us talking before, I didn't realize that. I mean, I think I, I don't think I think that I knew that you weren't still living where your family lived, but I didn't realize that you were just in Lexington. So that's still where you're at, right? Is in Lexington, Kentucky. Yes. Okay. And then, so how, so you've been married, I think you said, what has it been, like seven years then that you've been married? Seven years in September. Okay. So, what, um, I mean, tell, tell me, tell me a little bit more about your work. I know you said, like, the health department and, but, like, what, because that's the one time that we had contact was you had messaged me about, um, I think the master's in social work. And I, we were kind of talking about, like, how, you know, how I managed it and how you were going to manage it with working full-time and stuff. But, so then you ended up with your social work degree. But you're still kind of doing, like, a public health type work at this point with the job that you're at. What what exactly is it that you're doing there? Uh, I'm currently the health educator, which, in my brain, is social work because, I mean, it's not a social work job, per se. But, I mean, you, got, you teach classes about... I just teach classes. So we typically, um, our health department, in partnership with the school system, go in the school and teach hygiene classes. We teach life skills classes, which I haven't taught yet because as I was trying, the school year, year has ended. Mm-hmm. So I just got this position in February. Uh, but teaching life skills, like in that book, in that curriculum, there's uh, assertiveness, anger management skills, um, stress. Um, what else? Communication. Okay. Um, so we teach, I I would teach that to fifth and six, three, three to six grades and then middle school. Okay. That worked out. 
So you'll start that. You'll start that in like the upcoming school year then. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then I teach uh, freedom from smoking classes, which is a smoking cessation program, and that taught to adults. Okay. I hope there's not kids smoking, but if there are, they can come too, which <laughs> that would probably be the CPS report if they're smoking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a whole, no- whole other issue uh, we got going on. So you so, said too, though, that you're going to be responsible for doing the uh, sex ed in the, the in those grades? Yeah, in high school, okay. which is pretty hilarious. Have you done it yet? Have yeah. you gone to any of them? Huh? Have you done any of those classes yet? I've, I've watched another lady teach them. Um, she's I, a different personality than me, which is why it probably <laughs> goes well. Um, for you all that don't know me that well at all, I am very reserved. <laughs> Uh, very reserved, which is why teaching sexual education classes is going to be hilarious for everybody but me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I might try to figure out how I can come. <laughs> yeah. oh my You're going to come? Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to try to have a positive attitude. I've already processed it. And if you are anxious about something, then you're going to be nervous when you get in there. So I'm just going to roll right in and talk, which I'm pretty good at talking. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to take my curriculum, roll right in there, and start talking. Confident. And we'll see how things turn out. And here's the thing. I have to do it. Yeah. So being nervous and dreading it is not going to... It, it's not going to make anything any better. So, I mean... Uh, who knows? I might be the best sex educator you've seen of all of Kentucky. <laughs> this side of the, you just don't know. This side of the Mississippi. <laughs> this side of the Mississippi, the best sex educator this side of the Mississippi. I will probably get an award. You might get a that's plaque or something, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I think that's where your brain needs to go, Mom. Like think about the positive things that could happen instead of the negative. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to roll in and give it all I got. I mean, that's all you can do. And it's only 12 sessions, so I can wiggle and squiggle through 12 sessions. Only 12? That feels like a lot to talk about sex. Good Lord. What all? How? What are they going to do 12 think, sessions on? There's a, there's a lot more to it. Like, in the curriculum, there's, like, role-playing. Like, if, well, I'm just going to tell them. Role-playing? I guess. That's not very nice. But uh, I'm going to say it nicely as in a question like when I say honey could you please take Sadie out that's not a question it's framed in a question but I'm basically saying do it I'm saying it nicely to go do it but you know so I'm gonna say could you all please read this okay get going anyway there's role playing like they're in this scenario and somebody's trying to pressure them um you know to have sex or whatever and they Mm -hmm. have to say how they would respond if they were in that situation so it's really just not just sex. It's just trying to be assertive and saying no and stand up for yourself and you're in difficult situations, and that okay. might be one of those. Okay. So and, and the curriculum is I can do anything with a curriculum. Yeah. And I say that because if I have a curriculum, just give me a guide and I, I'm rolling. Now tell me to make my own lesson plan, and I don't, oh, yeah. I don't know how to do that. Right. Because I'm not a, te- you know, I'm not a teacher. I've not been trained as a teacher. Yeah. So, but give me a curriculum, and I can roll with that. So, so when I, just saying, 
Do what? It's gonna be just Sandy. Oh, Sadie's digging. Okay. <laughs> so she does have flea medication. I don't know why she's digging. So is this the same Sadie from no, the MySpace bio? Oh, Macy was that dog. Oh, Macy. Away, sadly. Okay. But she's an old lady. See, all my dogs have been Macy and then Bonnie. She's passed away, rest her soul. Okay. And then now Sadie. And it's just worked out. Like, that's their names when you got them. Isn't that something? Macy, yeah. Bonnie, and Sadie is the best. Aww. Now, my next animal has to end in the eye or a Y sound. You know? Has to. Has to. So, when I went to school with Angela, what I remember about her is that, I mean, honestly, I was there for two and a half years. Now, my long-term memory is, as I've talked about, shot. But when I think about, like, I mean, there's people that I think about that I went to college with that I maybe had kind of negative interactions with or, like, we had conflict and resolved it or whatever, you know. But when I think about Angela, like, I can't think of a single negative thing. I mean, I think about, like just a positive caring like just happy person you know she talks about approaching things with positivity and about you know not being anxious because you know and I agree with her like what's that going to yield um but so but what was what was so um I guess just encouraging and just interesting for me is that like I mentioned she kind of brought up a topic that she wanted to talk about And I'm going to turn it over to her to be able to really get into this. But, you know, knowing, knowing what she mentioned to me, and I don't know everything because she just kind of mentioned it. And I was like, yeah, let's roll with it. But I just, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to get to it. But I just really think that it's now that I know some of her history and her past and things that I'm going to let her explain a little bit further. But that just makes me just so impressed with her even more because to be as positive and as outgoing and just funny. I mean, you hear me like I'm laughing like a big idiot the whole time, the whole time she's talking, but, um, just funny and, and just her, like just honest and, and just a really super real person. So, so basically what Angela mentioned is that she wanted to talk about her childhood and just about her, her family and her, her parents and just her kind of upbringing and what she came out of and where she's at today. And, so I want to turn it over to her to be able to do that. And then, you know, if we come, you know, whenever we roll into some questions, we'll, we'll get to that. But take the floor. Okay, so I did grow in Lock County, which is in eastern Kentucky. Um, it is on the border of, I went to border of Virginia. Like, it's not like the county that borders Virginia. It's pretty close. Um, let's see. So... Growing up, we were very impoverished, and you know, and I'll, I feel like my parents gave it all they got uh, and did the best they could. But you know, life just is unfortunate sometimes, and sometimes we're we're dealt a hand in life, and we don't know what to do with that hand. And all we can do is do the best and move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with not, with not, not fault to my parents, I don't want to, they just did all they could. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad didn't graduate, um, I don't think he, he didn't graduate, I think he went to the eighth grade. Um, my mom got her GED when I was in, I don't know, middle school, I think. So, you know, education-wise, they didn't have a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, we, we we were impoverished, and there was many, many things I did not have in life. Um, and, and I don't know. Um, so, I feel like just a lot of time, 
sometimes we get into this mindset that we are where we are and we can't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you grow up without things, you just assume you're not supposed to have them, yeah. and that that's all that life has for you, and that you just keep on going. And we've heard um, in life the cycle of poverty. Mm-hmm. Once you get in, it's hard to get out because then you you have limited opportunities. Mm-hmm. So if you grow up in a household and your parents um, maybe don't have educational level, now I say educational level because we're all educated. It doesn't matter if you have. Um, a high school diploma or a PhD, you're still educated mm-hmm. in your own right. Like I, I, I know a lot about dogs, but some people don't, and they have PhDs. Right. Okay. You know, so you can be educated without having an education per se, like degree wise. That's what I'm trying to say. And now I'm gonna write again because I get so distracted. <laughs> Um, okay, so here I go again. I got it. It hit me. Uh, this is my life. Like, it's just how I've always been. Like, my brain is so flighty. It just gives it all it's got. Sometimes it just fizzles out, and then it gets right back on track. Um, uh, so, 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 me today, I said, I know I seem really flighty. However, I remember stuff when it matters. There you go. And she got me. Yeah. So, anyway, I digress. Coming back. Um, so it's like we get in this cycle because if you grow up with parents that maybe they don't have, let's say they didn't get a degree, they may not feel like it's important for you to, or they may not know how to help you. Yeah. Because they don't have those experiences. Or if they are an employee because they can't get a job because they don't have the education, that's just something you see and you think, well, I can't get one either there then. Mm. You know, it's just something we adapt to, and we just assume that's our life forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, I wanted to go to college, which I made it. But I will say, I, I, the night before I was supposed to go, I was crying, terrified, you know, 17. I, I was like 18, I was 18. But still, you know, I was very, I was young, and I was crying, and I wasn't going to have a car when I went to college. And I was going to be like two and a half hours away from my house. I was more, I'm like terrified. I just didn't know what to do with myself. And I said, Mom, I don't want to go. Like, I can't do it. Mm. And she said, oh, you're going. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom is a very kind, very compassionate lady. But, man, when she tells you you're going to do something, you better listen up and do it. Because yeah. she's getting serious. <laughs> so she, which is serious. It's kind of like, I feel like she's rubbed off on me in that aspect. Because yeah. when I start getting sneaky and getting a tone, you know, Things are about to go down. <laughs> so, she, so, but she pushed me to go, but I wanted to because I wanted to overcome and do more things in life. I wanted, you know, and I, I thought Eastern Kentucky was a barrier for me. Yeah. And, I, and I love Knott County. It taught me well. Yeah. Um, moved back there after college. But there's just less opportunity. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go somewhere else. So I did go to Moorhead, which I know that's a rural area as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I came back, and then I moved to Lexington. Um, but I went to college because I wanted to overcome. Um, so now, um, my cute little dog's currently drinking a raised doggy dish because <laughs> I feel like Sadie should have the finer things in life too. Oh my gosh. Sadie. Angela, these people are listening to you. They can't see your dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't see me. 
Can you see my floor? It's a nice floor, isn't it? It is nice. So. And I like your dog. I can see your dog, but nobody listening can see your dog. It's a nice. What is it, like a lab? Yeah, she's a lab. Yeah, she's cute. Y'all lab. So, I'm so, people are not going to listen to me because I'm so flighty. No, so I, no, people are going to listen to you because I think, okay, I think what you're saying, well, I, I want to ask this question. Do you feel like, so do you feel like growing up that way, like, how did you, how did you manage when you, I mean, college is overwhelming, like, even if you didn't grow up impoverished and, and, and without things, like, how did you manage when you got to college? Because, I, I mean, I just remember when I started at Cedarville, I mean, I, real talk, like, I failed out on my first quarter because I just could not, I just, I was really young for my, for, to start school and, I, I really had never had to give much effort, like, in high school. And then when I got to college, I just didn't know how to manage my time. I didn't know how to study right. I didn't know how to manage the class load. It was really, I didn't know how to, like, be disciplined and sleep and, and do what I needed to do and eat right. And, I mean, how did you manage that? Going from, like, what you're describing, you know, impoverished, way eastern Kentucky to be, then being in college. How, like, what, how was that transition? Well, one thing that I did pick up from my mother is once you do start something, you don't finish it. I mean, uh, once you start something, you got to finish it. Oh, my God, that sound <laughs> <Sorry>, right. <laughs> so you don't quit. That's what I meant. You don't quit. You okay. do finish. Yeah. You do not quit. So when I was, I remember when I tried, when I, I tried many sports in school, and when things got hard, I wanted to quit. And my dad said, okay. Just let her quit, fine. And my mom said, oh, no, you said you're going to do it, so you're going to do it. Right. So I had to do it. Um, so it's just I'm persistent. Um, I don't quit. So I said I was going to go to college, so I was going to go, mm. and I was going to do well. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, I mean, it was just, an, it, it was ingrained. And I think sometimes we're, we're, we are born with certain characteristics. Yeah. And those are nurtured by people, but they're, some characteristics are there or they're not. Yeah. And that was a characteristic that I had was you just do it. Like you don't quit. Yeah. And I didn't any, know any other options. Like if I quit college, what I was going to do with my life. Mm. I wasn't going to, I was going to pursue and go on and I was going to do great things with my life. Yeah. Because if I quit, what was I going to do? Right. Go back home. Yeah. That's so good. Like I think, gosh, in this society, it's like. I think the reason why, oh my gosh, I went to um, a class yesterday for my divorce proceedings. And I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not judging anyone because I obviously follow in these statistics, but what they were saying in that class was that 60% of couples within that county where the courtroom was, where that class was 60%. So they're like higher than the state average, um, are, of couples get divorced I think if you look, like, I know even on my daughter's t-ball team, there's been, like, two or three kids that have dropped off and, and aren't playing anymore. It's like there's always, in almost anything that you do anymore, that that mentality of, like, I started it, I'm finishing it. That is so lacking, and, like, how important is that to have that mentality? And I think if you, if you can instill that in yourself and in your children or, in, in, you know, just keeping that, that at the forefront, like, no matter what, no matter how hard it gets... Like, I'm starting this, and I'm going to finish it. I'm going to stick with it. 
And I mean, I'm sure there were probably times that you wanted to quit or that you felt like you couldn't do it or, you know, for anybody that takes on something hard, but just knowing like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter how frustrated or how, you know, difficult it is. Like, I'm going to finish no matter what. And you did. And that's, it's just amazing. Like you, yeah, I just think it's so cool that you stuck with it because I think it's just a rampant mentality of like, well, I'll try it. And it it doesn't really matter because then, you know, there's always a way out. But, um, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. And I'm also social, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> so, I've been having, <laughs> so, and I just talked about you made that talk to me. And if they want to, they'll probably talk to me anyway <laughs> until they, like, walk away. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I think being social and not, you know, like, just being able to talk to people, and people can see my genuineness. Yeah. Genuineness, is that a word? What did you so say? What I is it? Genuineness? Genuineness? Yeah, 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 you got it, you got it, you got it. Is that, is that a word? Yeah, I uh, think so. So, I feel like people can see that in me, and I just made a lot of friends in college, and that was my support. So, like, people took me, you know, even transportation, people took me places, Yeah. and they helped me, because... I don't know if people like me, I guess. Uh, <laughs> You're very so likable. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was, a, that was helpful, having that support system. You know, if I was, like, reserved and shy and hidden my dorm room, then I don't know if I would have made it, you know, if I... Maybe I would have dropped out. I don't know. But it's not, it's not just you being social. It's like, you're a consistently good person. You're a consistently, like, you're the friend that you don't, like, I would never look back and be like, oh God, Angela caused all this drama because you just did it. Like, that just isn't in your personality to do that. And I think that that's what makes it, like, that's what makes you like a person that people want to be around. And like, you're, you have an attractive personality because you know, like, if I interact with Angela, or at least I remember this, like, if I interact with Angela, it's not, there's not going to be any, like, backlash, or, like, I'm not going to have to worry about her, you know, twisting my words, or, or making something, you know, like, that just isn't anything that I, you know, that came up, but, like I mentioned, we met at the Baptist Student Union, I mean, I, I came, so I guess since you graduated, Like, I was there, and I actually should have graduated in the fall of 2004, so I was there, so I guess you came, you had been there for a whole year before I came, and we met there. How did you get connected with that? How did you get connected with the Baptist Student Union? Um, Well, I lived down the hall from some guy, I don't know if I should say their names. Give them some shout-outs! Give them a shout-out! Give them a shout-out! Okay. So, Lindsay Wetzel, which Woo! is Elliot. Yeah. Hey, Lindsay. Lindsay, um, love you. <laughs> I talk, I already talked, I've already talked about her in, like, two other episodes. Listen, uh, just real quick. That's so funny. Just as an update, for anybody who's listened to my previous episodes, I think it was on the Q&A episode. I talked about how... I wish that I could be more disciplined, and I talked about how I had a, co- a roommate in college, it was Lindsay, who every single night, I, Angela, I swear to you, we're in Manon, we're in Manon Tower, it didn't matter, what was it, 409, 509, I think it was 509, it didn't matter if it was 3 a.m., it didn't matter if we'd stayed up all night, it was 6 a.m., this girl was putting lotion on her feet and chapstick on her mouth every single night no matter what and so I said that in that episode about how I wish that I could just like wash my face every night and have a little bit more discipline with things like that and she was like 
the most disciplined person I've ever known. Would you believe, okay, so this has been, I graduated in 2004, so 14, 15 years ago, she messaged me, she still does it. She has been doing that routine at night for, I mean, now probably 20 years. How impressive is that? Lotion on her feet, chapstick, every night, no matter what, still doing it. So I know everybody was wondering that, like if she still does that, and the answer is yes, she does, confirmed. (laughs) All right, go ahead. I'm sure she'll appreciate everybody knowing her uh, business about her nighttime routine. So, there you go. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) So, Lindsay and then Rachel Tice, I don't remember her. What's her maiden name? Oh, um, was it Smith? Yeah, what a memory. Yeah. So, Rachel Smith and uh, Lindsay Wetzel. Yeah. Uh, I, I just met them. They lived down the hall. I believe I was in 512. Okay. And they were in 509. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, my God. We were and neighbors when I first started there. I forgot about that. Because then I lived with yeah. them the next year. Uh-huh. Oh, Angela. See, this is what I'm talking about. I have no memory. I don't remember anything. We were. We were neighbors. Because I live with Lindsay and Rachel and Ashley, because they had a fourth person that was supposed to be with them. I don't know who it was, but they dropped out, and then Jenny, you know, Jenny, she knew that I was coming on, and she was like, I know these three girls. You don't want to get roomed with somebody random. They need a fourth person room with them, and then me and you were neighbors, and I forgot that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, go ahead. Um, I, I had known them, like I met them, and they, I just had went down through their room to say, hey, you know, that's what I do. And they said, oh, we're going to go down to the Baptist Student Union. And I said, oh, that sounds fun. Let's do that. So I just followed them every, you know, I just followed them all down. Yeah. Um, so there it begins. Yeah. Or began. <laughs> had you gone so to church? And, had you happened. gone to church or been involved in anything like that before you started at Moorhead? Yeah, um, I went to, um, yeah, I went to church pretty regularly before I went to BSU. Yeah. Uh, and I went to, like, church camp, you know, mm-hmm. so it was right up my alley. Yeah. So that was something I was comfortable with. Yeah. So, there I went. Cool. That's, I'm still kind of reeling from not remembering that we were neighbors. Who else lived with you then? The RA, right? The, the RA, the girl that no. was the R- no? I, I was close to her. No, I, I didn't live with her. I, oh, I okay. Because she was... Who was it? Uh, Candace Kid, which is Candace Gray now. I didn't hey, know Candace, her. She's on Facebook, too. Candace. Uh, I don't know her. And then Ashley Green. I don't know if you know her. No. And um, Clarissa Rains Kimber. Um... And we had a roommate here and there in between, and it didn't work out. No, you know what? You must have been a few down for me because on my next door, I'm sure this isn't anything that anybody wants to know, but we need to clarify this business right now. Just hold on. Can y'all pause for just a second? (laughs) Um, Because the next door to me was the RA, Ashley, Feather, Kimberly, um, what's-her-face, I don't want to, I don't know her, her, why can't I remember her name? Anyway, shout out to Kimberly and all of them. So that was the next room to me. So you must have been the next one down from them. No, you know what? I lied. I was not 
talk to her. I don't know why I said that. Because you were way down further down. I must have been in five. I don't know where I was. Well, I don't know if I, I was. Lori Freeze. She was uh, over there. She was on. I think she was right down the hall. Or maybe she was on the floor below. I don't know. She had to be on the floor below because that was just a freshman um, level. I, I was somewhere. Yeah. The fifth level. I don't know. Okay. So okay. I back that back. I was not 512. I was somewhere floating around in space. But okay. I was there. So you're going to the BSU. And, you know, that was just always fun times, as we know. But, um, Okay. So, we've kind of touched on that. I, we're, we're running, we're pushing time because we've just ran our mouths, like, catching up with each other, which we maybe should have done off recording, but whatever, we're doing it. <laughs> I mean, what, I'm not worried about it if you're not. But the one thing I do want to talk about, because I, I, I genuinely want to hear your point of view. Like, I really just want to talk about it. So, I don't know if you remember this, but I have had a real negative, like, just, I, I can't remember where it started. I Honestly, I think I started saying it, kind of making fun of somebody else who, who used to say it, but I used to say all the time, I hate dogs. And do you remember, I don't know if you went to it, but there was a mission trip where we were at a, like a Goodwill or a thrift store or something, helping these people to work for, with the Baptist Student Union. And they, some of the people with our group found a t-shirt with a dog on it. And, like, took puff paint and put a circle with an X through it and gave me that T-shirt. I know, she's mad. You should see her face. But, um, anyway, I don't hate dogs. I don't hate them. And, I don't, obviously, I don't hate animals. I've talked about how I have, you know, goats and chickens. They, they drive me crazy. I'll say that. But here's what I will say. I don't particularly understand. And I talked to you about this when we, the first time that we talked. I don't understand, like, when I see commercials for make a donation to PetSmart or, like, the uh, Sarah McLaughlin super sad pictures of puppies and sending your money kind of thing, I don't understand giving money and resources to animals when, in my line of work and the work I've done in child welfare and even being a foster parent, I mean, I have literally walked into homes and there's been children starving like right here in my county in Ohio so that's where I wanted to just hear your perspective I, I really like I told you before I really just want to I want to learn more about it I want to learn where you're coming from um and just I know it's something you're super passionate about and I, I just want to get your perspective on, on that whole like animal and you're a vegetarian for the purpose of animal activism, active, being an animal activist. And so I think you, I mean, you've definitely committed to it. It's a big part of your life. It's a big deal. And so I want to, I just want to hear like your perspective. Are you still mad at me because the I hate dogs comment? I see your face. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sucking it in. Okay. <laughs> you did get me there. You did. You I, you I, I took you there. I, I saw your face. Dog. <laughs> um, but it's fine. Uh, some people do not like dogs. Okay. I don't want to say hate because I get fired up when people hate dogs. Yeah. Like, they don't have to like a dog. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to hate a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so here's my thought process. So we always had uh, we always had animals growing up. You know, and they were fine. I liked them just fine. Yeah. But um, 
they just came and went. Like, we lived out in the country, so, you know, a dog would go away and die. And that's what they did. And you just said, oh, well, that's sad. That dog went away and died. So, I mean, truly, it's just they just came and went. Uh, and they were, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just cared about them. They were sweet. But I really did not um, can become passionate and understanding about the things that were happening with animals until I met my sweet dog, Macy. That's mm-hmm. the dog that Mike had. Uh, and, you know, when, when you live in close quarters with an animal mm-hmm. and you take care of it, and Macy was my first dog that I actually took care of. My parents took care of all the other animals, you know, growing up. But Macy was my baby. I adopted her. Mm-hmm. And we went here, here, there, and everywhere together. I bought her doggy ice cream for her birthday. <laughs> you know, and just because I loved her so much, and we were together all the time, so she just became part of who I was. Yeah. And then that that ignited my passion for animals. Um, and then, you know, you, and then that, that, I think that closeness with her caused me to really open my eyes to the inhumane treatment of all animals. Um, dogs, cats, mm-hmm. whatever animals are, you know, animals we eat, cows, yeah. if people eat those. I don't eat those, so I don't know what people eat. I'm <laughs> kidding. I know what people eat. Ha, ha, ha. little comedic relief there. Um... So that ignited my passion, and now I, you know, and then you start talking to people, and people tell you things like, "This is what happens. People do these terrible things to dogs. Yeah, why? Like people rape dogs. Why? Like, why uh-huh. do you do that? That's terrible. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, that just gets me fired up, and I'm so mad about it. Just yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. And I just think, you know, everybody has their own passion, like. And I love children. Of course, I'm a social worker. Yeah. And I care about them. But I think everybody just, you know, there's people that work in animal rescue, and I can't do that. It's just saddening, and there's so, they devote all their time to that, and I just don't know if I can do that. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I don't care about them, but I do other things I can for animals. Mm-hmm. So, and I think we all just have our passion. Like, some people just can't understand, or, or maybe they just don't want to, or they don't. I don't know, but they just don't have that passion for animals that I do, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, now, it's not okay if somebody hurts an animal, and I see you do it. That's going to go poorly really quickly for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I always tell Mike, like, we always, if we're walking safe together, when we, you know, since we've been together, I said, Mike, if I ever see somebody hurting an animal, you better, I'm going to run over there, and you don't stop me. You call 911 and let me go. I'm going to hop that fence and things are going to go down. And I said, once I get up there, please come help me. But I said, I just don't know what's going to happen to me because I won't be thinking logically. So I said, don't let him. He said, okay, that's what I'll do. I said, don't come after me. Let her go. But I don't believe that animals should live outside unless they're a goat. Like you have a goat, they should not. that's where they need to be. They need to be outside. Yeah. Or yeah. wherever they go. Yeah. Um, but I don't know where goats go when they're outside. Never had a goat. But, well, they, they do, uh, they, their, their pen is, they're, they're basically like, they might as well be in the house because their pen is connected to the barn. So they go in and out. Oh, yeah. that's cool. See, yeah. I like that even better. <laughs> uh, I don't think domestic animals should be living outside. So Sadie will never in a million years. She used to live outside before she came to us. Yeah. But she will never in a million 
here stay outside ever again. Like right now, she's on the kitchen floor in an air-conditioned house mm-hmm. right by my feet. Okay. Um, I just don't believe they should live outside. Um, I don't think you should spank them. I'm not into spanking anyway, but I don't think you should hit them. Uh, and they should get vet care. If you cannot afford vet care for them, then you need to move on. They don't need to be with you. And that's not cool. I'm not trying to be un- like unkind about mm-hmm. it, but that's just a we live in a world where, unfortunately, you have to have money to do things in life. Yeah. They charge you a gazillion dollars if you take a dog, a dog or a cat or something else to an emergency hospital. Oh, yeah. Which they have those in life. Emergency in the hospital. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, we did that to me, and I would have gave them everything I had to save her, and that's how they get you, and that sucks, and that should be unfair. Yeah. However, that's the reality we live in. Um, and I, I, I don't know. If you just can't give an animal all you got, then maybe you shouldn't move on and not have an animal. So that's where I get kind of hung up because I can't even look at you when I'm saying this because I know you're going to dis- disagree with me. <laughs> but well, how can you looking at you all the way? Okay. <laughs> How can you can look at the camera? See, when I hear you talk about taking a dog to an emergency hospital and spending, like I, I, I know I worked with a woman who I think, I think at the end of it all, she spent pushing five grand on her dog at an emergency hospital, and I don't know what it had pneumonia, it had this, so it didn't have pneumonia, it did, it did. And, I mean, I think what it, it had swallowed some, uh, like, river water or something when they were out on a walk, and it ended up getting a bacterial something. And, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars between tests and medication and blah, blah, blah. So how do you justify I, – I agree with you about basic vet care. I think that one thing that, that makes me really, really frustrated is when I see – families who aren't feeding their children or who aren't providing for their children's basic needs having animals because I'm thinking you're not providing for your your family so I'm pretty sure you're also not paying the vet bills so that I agree with you on that but how do you justify spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars when there are humans and children and, and, and adults who have, you know, critical needs as far as... I mean, I work with the elderly population now, so I even think about that population. You know, I've gone into homes, uh, some of my patients now, that have no food, no transportation and medical care. So things like that that are happening that are like almost third world stuff that you don't even really think about that are happening right here in our area. So I, I, I guess... And again, I don't, I'm not asking this question to like sound judgmental. I really want to know. I really want to know like when you go to the vet and you give them your card and it's, it's $600 and obviously you're, like you said, you're a social worker. So you know what's going on in the world with, with, with children and things like that. I mean, how do you, how do you balance that? How do you justify that? Well, firstly, I mean, I will say if, I ever went to the vet, emergency vet, which I've only been once. I make it sound like I've been there a thousand times. <laughs> but if it costs five thousand dollars to say Sadie, you know, honestly, I don't know if I'd do it. Yeah. I do love her. Yeah. I don't know what I would do. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. That's a tough decision. So I'm not saying that people should give up, like spend their grocery money on a dog. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that. Okay. Uh, so we agree on that. But. It, 
you do need to. Well, now I would do my grocery money on Sadie, oh, but Lord. if I had a ch- <laughs> if I had a child, though, here's the thing: if I had a child and I couldn't provide for my child, then maybe I don't need to pay it either. Okay. Because I need to take care of that baby. So I'm not disagreeing. So I'm not one of those people that's going to have a pitchfork coming up to your house saying, "What are you?" You know, I'm not that person that have their their. Uh, pitchforks and whatever those things they torch torches. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you see in those movies like they running with their. You know, that's the <laughs> analogy. I'm not going to be coming with my torch and my pitchfork because you disagree with me. Yeah. Like we, I mean, to each to each their own. But what I'm saying is, if somebody's mistreating their animal, then you need to get going and you don't need an animal. Yeah. And then, and when it comes to children, it is very unfortunate that we live in the United States of America, mm-hmm. and we cannot provide for children. Yeah, it's I mean, terrible. It's quite unfortunate. It's very saddening and yeah. ridiculous um, that people mistreat children, is what I'm saying. And we all get into spots in life. Yeah. But when you're mistreating a, uh, mistreating a, a child, that's different. Right. So I think... You know, everybody has their passion. Like, yeah. if somebody comes to me and they're selling something to benefit a child organization, well, I, I can donate some money to them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's okay for me to spend all my money on my dog if I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's different if I'm taking away money from my own child to take care of Sadie. Yeah. But, I... You know what? I think I, you, you said, know, like, 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 it's okay. Like, you're not going to come at me with a pitchfork because we disagree. But honestly, as we're talking, like, I think that we pretty well agree. Now, I don't, I don't necessarily, like, I'm not going to become a vegetarian because I guess I don't agree with the thing. I've seen the videos, too, of, like, unfair slaughter practices and things like that. But I'm not going to become a vegetarian because of those things. But I, do, I think that as far as, like... Taking care of animals, being, I mean, it's God's creation, and that's, I think, what it comes down to for me. Like, I'm not going to ever abuse an animal. I'm never going to, um, you know, not provide care. And that's that's one thing that I've really come to heads with my son about is because I've told him, like, when he hasn't kept the pens clean or maybe when he's not made sure that their water is fresh and stuff, is like, I've told him. I am not going to have these animals unless I can, t- unless we're taking care of them really well. I just won't do it. I will not have animals and they're being taken care of inhumanely. So I, th- I honestly, Angela, I think that we can't pretty well agree. We may come at it from different angles. Like I'll never have a dog again. I've, if you've listened to any of my episodes, I have not had, <laughs> I've not had good luck. I want, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, my kids go to bed by eight or nine o'clock. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be terrible to have a little companionship in the evenings and stuff with the dog. But I just haven't had great luck, and honestly, it's really not fair. I mean, I'm gone sometimes eight, ten hours out of the day. So it's like if I'm going to have an animal, I agree with you. I'm going to have them in the house, you know, and to be gone that long. But anyway, that's that's more information anybody wants to know. But yeah, so I think the takeaway is if you have an animal freaking take care of them don't be a jerk about it and put them out in a pen and let them get all hot and sweaty and then they're miserable yeah so that's coming from me and that's coming from angela she's she's a she's a little bit more hardcore than me when it comes to it but i think we're pretty well on the same page like i don't 
I'm not going to kick a dog. Like, no way. I feel terrible. That's terrible. You know what kills me and it makes me so sad is when I see people post, like, pit bulls or kittens. The kittens one kills me more than anything on Facebook for free. And then there's all these people commenting, like, please don't post these kittens for free. Please charge a rehoming fee because there's, like, dog fighting rings that will pick up these kittens. And put, I can't even hardly say it. It makes me sick. Like, it's so disgusting and terrible. So... Yeah, if you're going to have animals, be responsible, take care of them, make sure that you're at a place financially that you can take on, what would you say, like for a puppy, like probably, what, $300 in vet, like across the, like across the course of the shots and everything, like around 300 or so, and then you got to factor in the spay, the spay and neutering and stuff, so I would, maybe like 500 you think? If you do this, yeah, I would say at least. I mean, in the bathtub, you get their little leashes and their collars, yeah. you know, all that accessories yeah. for them. So don't just um, jump into it unless you're at a point financially that you can cover the cost of like if they need a kennel during the day or if they need a you know they need their shots and their food and all that stuff so you can really commit to not just taking in a dog because your kid wants a puppy but like taking it in a dog and really taking care of it the right way so this isn't something that <laughs> that I would ever like put down as a topic to talk about um but I'm glad I'm glad to talk about it because I think it's it's a it's a it's a good thing that you know, that there's lots of people who are, I mean, there's dog parks, dog, like, fur babies, all that stuff. I mean, people are pumped up about their animals, and so I think it's an important topic to touch on and and to just make sure that we're being responsible with our animals and, and taking care of them in a way that's, you know, they need to be taken care of, Right. Yes, and I, I agree. And people say they don't have feelings, but that's totally inaccurate. Because Sadie will come. Sadie's a smart little cookie. So and she'll what? come to me and roll over. Oh, Every time you look at her, she'll roll over and want you to rub her belly. <laughs> I mean, and then she seems happy when I rub her belly. I mean, right now she's staring at me. I don't know what she needs, but. <laughs> I can't yeah, believe she has feelings. I can't believe you and haven't she, shut me down at this point because the dog's staring at you and you need to figure out what she needs. That <laughs> so you haven't shut me down. <laughs> I gotta go. The dog needs. <laughs> well, she if she like I would just I was take my tablet with me. If she needed something. I think she just I don't know. She might be bored. Um, but we haven't been for W-A-L-K yet because it's too toasty. See, now you just spelled that like she knows what you're saying. What? Well, help me. She, she does. Samantha, <laughs> she knows. As soon as I say it, she gets up and runs and goes and looks at her. She knows exactly where her harness is. Oh, my gosh. She knows. You're one of those and people. So she... If I say it, she's going to run right over there, and she's going to guilt me into taking her. Oh, my gosh. However hard else. So funny. I love it. Okay. Angela, oh, we're, uh, we are, we're pushing an hour, and we're pushing it, we're past it, actually. So, um, all right, we just, sorry, just had a little bit of a scare there, thought that we had just, <laughs> which I'm cool, like, we talked for an hour, it's no problem with me, but I thought our recording situation maybe was uh shaky and we hadn't caught all that but we did so we're good but uh Angela thank you so so much it's been like the best thing in the world to catch up with you I hope that we'll keep in touch talk to me call me you got all my you got all my information now which is bonus so let's keep in touch 
keep up with each other, okay? So look for this on uh, my Facebook. I've also created a group, um, and I'm going to be putting that information out where I'm going to be doing more updates in the group just to kind of keep my Facebook page uh, uh, free from any an annoying posts or anything. So, Angela, thank you. Thank you so much. I know you're busy. I mean, you're a busy lady, and this is a big deal, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, Sam, for having me on. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, I can talk, obviously. I know. So if you need anything else to talk about, holler at me. Hey, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure we'll come up with something. I might have it. We might have to figure out something else some other time to have you back on. So anyway, so that's that for today. We're wrapping this up. We've got a couple, um, some more interviews coming at you. So keep up with the channel and um i hope y'all are enjoying this beautiful thursday it's it's honestly like we've had the most amazing weather this week it's a beautiful day um enjoy it and uh we'll talk to you the next time all right bye <laughs>